right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to week one of our brand new series entitled Living on Full. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? So I want to begin by asking you a question. Have you ever run out of gas? You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's on E, but you keep thinking to yourself, man, I've got a little bit in there. And so you go to maybe another exit. Maybe you're on the interstate. You're like, I can just, I think I can go a little bit more and a little bit more. And then, oh, oh my gosh, you run out of gas. You ever been there before? I have. Matter of fact, I've been with friends. I remember in high school one time I was with some friends and they're like, man, we've got it. And they thought it was fun. At first it was a game. Everybody was laughing. How many of you know when we ran out of gas, nobody was laughing? I'm sure we've all been there before. We're looking at our gauge and we keep thinking we go just a little bit more and a little bit more. And then, and then the inevitable takes place. And, and then, by the way, then you got to figure out what to do. It's those moments with you're with somebody or whether you're the one driving. And, and at first it may be exciting. Then it gets real stressful. You feel those anxious feelings. You're thinking, my gosh. Then you start contemplating all the realities of if you actually do run out of gas, what are you going to do? And am I going to be late? And how am I going to get there? And I'm going to tell you, it's not, it's not fun at all. The fact is, is that the stress attached to Running out of gas is a big deal. Living on empty. The fact is, is that living on empty can affect every part of our life. We can be there emotionally. Maybe that's where some of you are. Last couple of years, thought, my gosh, man, I've gone through so much. We've all gone through so much. I feel like I'm depleted emotionally. Maybe it's mentally, maybe spiritually. Maybe you haven't been connected the way that you need to be. And you feel like, man, I'm just spiritually dry. I, I feel like, my gosh, it was on empty, and I thought I could just go a little bit more, a little bit more, and then you finally just, you just finally ran out of gas. Or maybe it's financially. You thought, you know what, I can just get maybe one more credit card, I'll just charge up some stuff, and then I'll be able to pay it off, and, and, and then, and then, but then you just, and then you have to get another one, and then you get another one, and, and, and it was kind of low, but now, but now, but now you've run out of gas, and, and now you're, you're wondering what to do. The fact is, is that we've all been in different places where we've experienced the feelings, we've experienced the emotions. I know what some of you guys say, Pastor, you know what? Maybe emotionally, but not, not financially. I mean, I've got a lot in the tank. Maybe that's where you are. But maybe your fear is attached to the fact of not having but losing what you've got. And by the way, that's a whole other concept. Where we hold on so tight, we feel like there's such a fear in your soul because it's like, <clears throat> I work so hard, I don't want to lose it. So you're, you're, you're not living on empty maybe financially, but it's, but it's with the peace in your soul. We all know people that have lots of money, but they don't have peace in their soul. Living on full has a lot to do with every area of our lives, not just one. No matter your financial situation, no matter where you are emotionally, no matter where you are spiritually... I believe the Bible is clear. I believe the Bible is clear. I love this scripture in John chapter 10, verse 10. I quote it all the time. Not so much the first part I love. We need to be aware of the first part, but definitely the second part. I'm going to read it in the New International Version. Here, here's what the Bible says. If you can pull that up. It says, the thief, by the way, that's the devil. We have a real enemy that doesn't like us. The Bible says the thief comes for three reasons. To steal. Everybody say steal. Kill. And say destroy. 
I have come. I love this. This is Jesus. This is the words of Jesus. He says, I have come that you may have what? Everybody say it. Life. And here it is. Here it is. Don't miss this. And you may have it to the what? Say it. Full. Question. Are you living on full? Every area of your life. Are you living on full? I believe it's God's will for us to walk in the fullness of the joy of the Lord. Spiritually speaking, emotionally, peace in our soul, peace in our relationship. Doesn't mean we don't go through trials. Doesn't mean we don't go through tribulation. But we can even in that live a life that's full. Full of what? Full of God. Full of peace. Full of purpose. And full of the resources necessary to accomplish our assignment in the earth. Every year during this time, I do a series and I open the Bible. By the way, we have so many new people in our church at all of our campuses. Can we just give it up for all the new folks? Come on. It's amazing. Every week I'm hearing of people, not just people moving in town, people moving around in different places. But the fact is, that I just want to say we are so excited to have so many new people. All of our campuses, whether in Biloxi, Bay St. Louis, Baton Rouge, West Espanade Campus, in our Atlanta, all these different campuses, we're so honored. And I mean that. <clears throat> and, and when you have new people in the church, by the way, every week I'm very cognizant and aware of the fact that we have people that are, that are new or even that are unsaved checking out Christianity. I also know that we have people that are newly saved and also know that there are people that have been walking with God for a long time. And when I design my messages, I design them to be able to deal with people that are unsaved, newly saved, and deeply saved. Some are actually oversaved. Come on, you know what I know. Some of y'all need to loosen up. But anyway, that's it. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I, there was a couple this week, and, and uh, I was out of town, and they were actually at an event that I was at. Pastor Randy and I were at an event, and they, and they said they came up, and they were from, they were from our, actually our campus in Atlanta. And they said, Pastor, you know what? I, I loved your teaching on the book of Revelation. He says, I was glad we got out of the tribulation. We were in there for a couple weeks. I was wondering if you're going to go for a third week, and, and we joked about it. And they said, we really learned a lot, and actually the wife had some, some questions about it. And I realized that when I taught through the book of Revelation, Sunday morning, seven weeks, not a Sunday school class with 30 people that are real committed. I'm talking about on Sunday morning, thousands of people. I, I, and I'm going to just say this very respectfully. I don't apologize for teaching anything that the Bible teaches, anything. And I just say that respectfully. I don't apologize for teaching on what the Bible teaches about the Antichrist or sin. I don't apologize when I talk about what the Bible talks about biblical marriage. I don't, talk, I don't apologize when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit being relevant for our lives today. I don't apologize for anything the Bible teaches. I, I, and I, I don't say that to be arrogant. <clears throat> and by the way, I don't apologize once a year during this time of the year. I open the Bible and I show you what the Bible teaches about finances. Why? Because we all wake up each day trying to go get them. And by the way, the Bible has a lot to say about them. The fact is, is that every single person on this planet, they're building their lives. Watch this. One of two ways. They're either building it on the rock of God's word. And our culture shifting, changing. Every area, geopolitically, Economically, there's all different types of things. But, but, but how are you building your life? How are you building your family? How are you building your marriage? How are you building your single life? How are you building your children? In other words, there's, there's, there's a contrast between what the Bible says, how we should build our life, versus how the world builds their lives. And it's real clear. And by the way, it's becoming clearer every day. One of my favorite texts in the scripture of how to build your life is found in Matthew chapter 7. 
Verse 24, Jesus says this. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. It's not just to hear. It's not just going to church. It's not just tuning in every now and then, but it's a hearer. Everybody say hears, and everybody say does. It's a lot of people hearing, but they're not doing. It's not just hearing the word, but applying the scripture. Therefore, for whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built their house upon the what? Say it. Rock. And the rain descended. The Bible talks about that. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. We, we don't believe and we don't advocate a church to king. You know, you, if you serve Jesus, you never go through challenges. That's not what the Bible teaches. We have the power of God and we have the word of God to navigate those challenges, not freak out. But the Bible talks about the rain, the circumstance of life. We, 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 we understand that, but there's a strength to those that build their lives differently. They build it upon the word of God. So the Bible says, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. Circumstances blow against the righteous and the unrighteous, the saved and the unsaved. Bible talks about that. The issue is how do you respond when they come? Here it is. And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not, everybody say it, fall. Why? Because of the foundation. It was founded on the rock. Question, is your life founded on the rock? How are you building your life? There's only two ways to build it. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. There are people that are exposed to Christianity. They're exposed to things. They're exposed to the teachings of Christ, the word of God. But the question is not just hearing. It's the obedience part that gets us messed up, right? But everyone who hears these sayings of mine, here's the contrast, and does not do them will be like a foolish person, a foolish man who built their house upon the what? Say it, sand. And same rain, the rain descended, the floods came, <clears throat> sicknesses come, challenges in the economy come, challenges in relationships come, shifts in jobs come. The difference is the winds blew here and beat on that house here and it fell. Why? And great was its fall. It's because no foundation. On the rock, on the sand. What's the difference? Both heard, one obeyed. How are you building your life? How are you building your family? How are you building your future? I can't get up here and promise you that our world is going to get better. I don't believe it is. I think it's going to get rockier. But those that know Christ and know the word of God, you can get stronger. Your life can get stronger. Your family can get stronger. Why? How you build. So I want to today kick off. I'm going to give you seven timeless financial principles out of the Bible. A lot of times we don't realize how practical the Bible is. People think, my gosh, it's about knowing Christ. Absolutely. Christianity is about knowing Christ and, yes, ultimately spend an eternity with him. However, God has also equipped us how we can walk with him in the here and now. <clears throat> Every area of our life, you open the Bible. One of the great things when I talk to people is, my gosh, I didn't realize how practical the Bible is, how it addresses our everyday life. Do you know it addresses how to be an employer, how to be an employee, how to conflict, conflict resolution in relationships? It's the Bible. And it also talks about finances. How do we do finances God's way? So all of our locations, I want to talk to you about seven timeless financial principles. Let's jump right in. Number one. Seek biblical wisdom and wise counsel. How often do we try to figure out things on our own? 
Maybe you have found yourself in a predicament financially and you thought, my gosh, I don't want to ask anybody. I don't want to invite people into my life. I'm embarrassed by that. I guess we've all been there at different points and times in our lives. And yet the Bible is so clear about seeking biblical wisdom and godly wisdom from Christians that know Christ and understand biblical economics. Matthew or Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they're established. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. What? Who is her? Wisdom. Biblical wisdom, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. One more scripture. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You can know Christ and not know what the Bible teaches about family, not know what the Bible teaches about finances, and not walk in the blessing attached to that. You, you, you've got to understand, that's why we go to great lengths at Church of the King to try to equip you with Scripture, not just on the weekend, but in small groups and in classes. Why? Because it's important for you to know the truth to, so that you can obey the truth, so that you can build your life upon the rock. There is a reason I put this principle first, ask people, We've been down the road. They've got some wisdom attached to finances. They know what the Bible teaches. And how often do we have to come to a dead end and we're lost when we finally ask for help? By the way, there's no shame in this church. Wherever you are in whatever area of your life, you can be honest with God and honest with godly people in this church that can help you. That can help you. I, 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 uh, whenever I travel, I always travel with somebody. And so one time I... I was with another pastor, one of our pastors at another campus. I won't tell you where, but it's on the South Shore. <laughs> I won't tell you what campus it is, but it is the West Esplanade campus. I won't tell you what position he plays there, but it's, well, it's the campus pastor. But anyway, so Pastor Dave, Matt and I, I was in San Diego years ago, and we were at a church conference, and, and so he goes, Pastor, he says, I'm going to drive the car. I said, man, I... And I'll just, and I'm like, I'm a recovering control freak. Actually, I'm still actually recovering from that. So I, I, I just, I want to drive. It's like, I, just, I, I like to know. And so he goes, no, pastor, I'm going to drive. And I said, Dave, really, I, I don't usually do that. I said, if you don't mind. I said, no, I want to do this. I, I said, do you know where we're going? Absolutely. I've got it all mapped out. And this is 15 years ago. This is, so the map quests were much more primitive at that point in time. He goes, but I, I got this thing. You know, I got this. Actually, 17 years ago. He goes, I, I got this thing. And, and so we're at San Diego. So we, we start driving. And it just, it just looked weird. It's only about 25 minutes, about 20 or 25 minutes into it. I knew kind of intuitively. I'm thinking, looking around, I'm like, we're not getting closer to our destination. I said, hey, man, uh, are we going the right way, Pastor? I got it. I'm like, you got it? Five minutes later, I said, why don't we stop and ask for directions? I got it. Ten more minutes into it. Now we're 45 minutes into this thing. I know it was only 20 minutes. I'm like, this is not rocket science, okay? So we're going in the wrong direction. I finally said, Dave, we need to pull over and ask for direction. I walk into the gas station. The guy goes, you're going south. Like, we're almost in Tijuana. Seriously. <laughs> Literally. I'm not joking. And, and it's like, Dave, we were supposed to go north. I walked in the car, and he goes, Pastor, I thought I had it. Come on, you know what I'm doing. What's the point? He was embarrassed because he didn't want to ask for everybody to say it directions. Listen, there's no shame wherever you are. I love the thing when people say, you know, God loves you right where he finds you. He does, but he loves you so much he doesn't want to leave you there. But you got to admit where you are. 
And God's word has wisdom for every area. I know some of you new people think, my gosh, is the Bible that practical? 16 out of 38 of the parables talk about finances and stewardship. You know, when people used to read an actual physical Bible, they had the, you know, things in red, the words of Jesus, the parables of Jesus, almost half, 40% of them. Why? He has a lot to say about it. We wake up every day to go to pursue it. You think that God doesn't have an interest in it? There's five more times scriptures in the Bible related to finances, stewardship, than money, than even prayer. 500 verses deal with prayer and faith. 2,350 deal with money and possessions. A lot of people don't realize that. God has a lot to say. And oftentimes we make poor decisions because we're not pursuing wisdom from the word of God. And watch this. And we're not pursuing accountability and wisdom from other godly people that have been down the road. Be accountable. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise people, wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. So, I want to say this to Church of the King. We have here, and we've done this for years, we have had this, listen to this number. Over the last 12 years, 13 years, we've had 10,000 adults go through Crown Financial, which we did for eight, nine years. And the last four or five years, we did Financial Peace University. It's wisdom. Wisdom. And there's leaders in there. By the way, we have budget coaches. If you want a budget coach, you can go to. I think we've got the, the, the website up there. We're not talking about this is not a financial planner. This is just simple budget coach. Churchofthekingcom slash stewardship. We have resources there from the Bible, from Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University, to help you out, to get you down the road. Number one, seek biblical wisdom and wise counsel. Number two, know the condition of your finances. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23. Be diligent. It's in the Bible. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. Now, we don't have, some of you may, but we don't have horses and cattle and goats like they did in the Bible times where they evaluate, of course, agricultural society, but, but that's your assets and liabilities and where you are. That would be analogous terms today. The fact is, is that we've got to know where we are. I, you, you'd be shocked. Marriage counseling, people come in. We know the three big ones, communication, sex, and money that people struggle with. I'd actually add a fourth, parenting in there. There's a struggle, and you, and, you, and you start to talk to couples, you know, where you are. Well, we really don't know. I had a conversation with a young person in our church about where they were recently, and that they were working a job. They weren't in a high school, and they're like, man, I have no idea where I am. Financially, we've got to know where we are. How can you believe God for a miracle if you don't even know where you are? I, I have... One of the accountability things that I do is I, I get on a scale because my, my, I, I try to keep it 180 pounds. Sometimes I go over that. And I, I was like 185 a couple weeks ago. I was rebuking it. It didn't work. <laughs> and so, so last week, I was so proud of myself. I got on the scale, and it was 179.9. My boys make fun of me. They're like, Dad, you know, you're getting chunky. You know, you need to lose weight. And so, and so I got on the I was, I was, I was I'll just be honest, I was kind of proud of myself. I was like, that's 179.9. So watch this. So I go to get my iPhone to take a picture of it to send it to them. But when I'd get my iPhone to take a picture of it, I was 180.6. An iPhone weighs 0.7 pounds. So I was like, how do I do that? So I was like getting on, and I do like this. And it was just like, it's like it's so, I, I couldn't do it, man. I was just like, golly, you know. So I told one of them, I said, I was, 100, 100, I was under 180. You know, one of them said, he goes, you're lying. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was. Here's the point. Me getting on that, I got to know where I am 
And knowing where I am helps you to make decisions of what I'm going to eat that day or not eat. You got to know where you are. Know the state of your flocks. So we've got two practical re- This is super practical today. Two practical resources. We're big Dave Ramsey church. He's not Jesus, absolutely, but he's got good resources to help people. And he's a Christian business guy. So two resources. Number one is we've got a monthly cash flow a, a thing. Matter of fact, an income statement and a balance sheet. You need, there's three things that you need. Number one is you need an income statement, which is your cash flow. Can you pull that up right there? This is real simple. All of this, you download Church of the King. You can go to our stewardship page. You can download this. This is a beginning point. Here it is. What's coming in and what's going out. You'd be surprised. People don't know what's coming in. And what's going out, second uh, important piece is this, is a simple balance sheet. It's your equity statement. What you own versus what you owe. What you own versus what you owe. So we've got this. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. These are practical tools to help you know the condition of your flocks. I, I, I was in a conversation, matter of fact, with another younger young person in our church recently, and I, they were talking about, well, I don't you know, have a lot of debt. I said, I do have student loans. I said, okay, you have student loan debt. I said, how much do you owe? They said, honestly, I don't know. All right, let me help everybody. If you don't know how much debt you have, how can you believe God for a miracle to help you pay that off? important. And by the way, let me just tell you what I believe about Christianity. I believe we do the natural and God adds the super to it. Does that make sense? Everybody say natural. Everybody say super. What are those two words together? Supernatural. I believe God will do miracles in our lives, but I believe he's waiting to see if we're going to do the natural part. Does that make sense? In other words, we, we've got to get ourselves in shape. We've got, we've got to get ourselves in shape, it's, whether it's physically. I believe that God will heal your physical body, but I believe we also have to do our part. Isn't that right? We have to take care of our temple. The Bible talks about that. We need to take care of our bodies. But then if we do get sick, we do believe in the supernatural. So we believe in the super, but we believe we got to do the natural, and God adds a super to the natural. Can I have a big amen? amen. Y'all not excited about that. That's all right. I got on the physical part. I know we're all struggling in that area at times. It's okay. It's like a guy told me recently, you know, actually a couple years ago, he goes, you know, pastor, just, you know, if you smoke, does it keep you out of heaven? I said, absolutely not. It'll actually get you there quicker than most of us. <laughs> I'm looking around. <laughs> All right, I got to keep going. All right, here we go. All right, number three, make a plan and write down financial goals. This is so practical. This is all biblical wisdom. Seek biblical wisdom and counsel. Number two, know the condition of your flocks. This is in the Bible. Number three, make a plan and write down financial goals. Pastor, is that biblical? Yes. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered and said what? What did God say? He said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. What's the principle there? The principle is write down your goals. You guys have all heard the study of the power of goals. The famous Harvard study or Princeton, whatever it was, you know, and 30 years ago, those that had goals achieved this, those that didn't have goals. There's biblical, there's a biblical, can I tell you this, encouragement to write down goals. And one of the areas is financial. And by the way, here's a B word. You guys ready for the big B word? Budget. It's not a bad word. <clears throat> it's not a bad word. 
Let me give you one other thing. So I, I talked about a cash flow statement. I talked about a balance sheet or an equity statement. Let me give you one other thing that Dave does. Is you can download this app, and it's called, watch this, an Every Dollar app. Every Dollar app. These are practical things to help you get your finances in shape. By the way, let, let me just tell you, and I've taught this principle for years because I think it's biblical, a great starting point, and Dave Ramsey teaches this, Crown Financial teaches this, Larry Burkett teaches it. This is very important. It's called the 10-10-80 rule. Just starting off, everybody say 10, 10, 80. This is just a simple budget. Number first 10% belongs to God. First 10%, that's your tithe. The second 10%, so it's pay God. Everybody say pay God. Everybody say pay yourself. That's in the form of long-term investment. Not short-term, but long-term. Long-term investment. And then number three is live on the rest. I know people give more than 10%. I know people save more than 10%. But a 10, 10, 80 rule is a good rule to begin with from a budgetary standpoint. Jennifer and I have been doing that for a long time. I was doing that before I was even married. <clears throat> Let me give you a couple things also that Financial Peace University recommends. Dave Ramsey is establishing an emergency fund, investing wisely, biblical investment. By the way, Church of the King is not an inv investment advisory group. There's great planners out there. <clears throat> I don't even, I, there's great in our church. I don't give names. You just go find them, all right? What we'll tell you with is budgetary stuff, biblical budgetary stuff. But I will say this, investing is a biblical principle, wise investments. Ecclesiastes 11.2, give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Solomon saying, do not have all your financial eggs in one basket. That's biblical. Isn't that crazy? The Bible is so practical with that. So there's got to be wise investment strategies, and there's great wise wisdom Filled people out there that can help you with that. Seek out counsel. C, increase your revenue. There's lots of ways to do that. There's lots of ways to do that. Taking side jobs, doing extra things. There's lots of ways. Believing God for that. Is it appropriate? Absolutely. D, de decreasing expenses. How do you do that? Help God to show you the difference between needs and wants, right? Only, and by the way, your needs and wants are different than somebody else's needs and wants. So don't judge. Let me give you another one. Hard work, right? Hard work. Believing God, stepping out. Remember, God adds, remember this principle. God adds his super to our natural, his super to our natural, his super to our natural. Let me give you number four. This is big. I don't want anyone from any location to miss this next point because I always have people questioning me about this next point. I've been doing this for 22 years. Same time of the year, same kind of messages. Here we go. Four. Get out and stay out of consumer debt. When people finally understand their financial position, the first thing most people do is they realize how enslaved they are to consumer debt. Proverbs 22.7, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. Debt lures, debt crushes, debt consumes. It turns us into slaves. Now, let me give two qualifications about debt. Number one, and, and we believe what Dave Ramsey teaches on this, <clears throat> Christian People that teach biblical finances. There's a difference between consumer debt versus debt attached to an appreciating asset. So debt in a home. That's debt attached to an appreciating asset, hopefully, right? Business debt. People borrow because I business guy, pastor, well, I borrow for that. Yeah, appreciating asset. I'm talking about consumer debt. Go on a vacation, $5,000 put on your car. You pay $8,000 for the, for the vacation because it takes three years to pay it off. Does that make sense? Consumer debt. We need to see consumer debt as an enemy. Now, let me talk about credit cards. 
couple years ago, I said, just stay away from them. You can't manage it. So I said, Pastor, you know, what about points for my airlines? I buy everything on credit cards. Okay, I got it, right? So then just pay them off. The point is we need to see, because we all know the anxiety in our soul that we start to feel when debt starts creeping up. How many know what I'm talking about? We all get there before, so we need to see it as enslavement. We don't want to go down that level. We don't want to go there. And let me just say this to young couples. I'm 53. I've been doing this a long time. I've been married 27 years. Who cares what the Joneses are doing? Don't keep up with your friends. You don't have to have your whole house furnished on the front end. Don't do it. And I thank God, my wife and I, we made an agreement. I bought, we bought one piece of furniture years ago. We bought a $5,000 furniture set. It paid $7,000. One time we did that. It was like, why did we do that years ago? And that was about 10 years into our, or maybe about seven or eight years into our marriage. And I'm just telling you, just, just, just make a decision to not be enslaved to that. And by the way, yes, I do believe if we do the natural that there are supernatural debt cancellations that come. But I don't believe God does the miracle unless we do the natural part. You get aggressive, I'm going to pay this off. You get aggressive, then supernatural things start to happen. Okay, three more things. Everybody with me? Say yes. I'm trying to help you guys. This is all in the Bible. Five, believe for God's supernatural increase in your life. Yes, that's okay to believe for that. It's biblical to believe for that. By the way, why would we not invite the Holy Spirit into our business, into our personal and professional lives? Do you think he's not interested? He's interested in your eternal soul. You'll trust God with your eternal soul, but you won't trust him with your checkbook. You won't trust him with your job. Do you think, do you think that God may know where the business is? You think he's interested? If he knows the hair on your head, surely he's interested in what your business strategies is and how he can speak to you. The Holy Spirit should be your senior partner. That was good preaching, by the way. He should be. Question. Business women and men, do you invite the Holy Spirit? And Do you pray about things? You go buy a house, do you pray about that? In other words, God wants to be involved. Invite the Holy Spirit into these decisions. And God will bless you. He'll mentor you in this. The Bible's full of God's principles and power to increase you and to warn you, by the way. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't be, you're unevenly yoked with that. Watch that. Let me give you a scripture. It's in the Bible talking about supernatural increase. I love this. Deuteronomy 8.18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. That's in the Bible. And by the way, let me just tell you for all the new people, I've said this for 22 years. God does not have a problem with it. You having money, he has a problem with money having you. Listen, I want everybody to lean in what I'm about to say. I've said this for 22 years as I've been the pastor of Church of the King. Money is a wonderful tool. It's a lousy God. We serve Jesus and use money. We don't, we don't serve money and use Jesus. That was good preaching, Pastor. So God doesn't have a problem. God wants to bless you so that you can generate wealth. Yes, not just for your family, but also to expand the kingdom around the earth. You ought to believe God for that. That's in the Bible. Why? So that he can establish his covenant. So God puts resources in establishing his covenant together. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. By the way, I am so excited. We have David Green, who's the founder not just CEO, the founder of Hobby Lobby, 
Uh, he's coming. And the reason why we invited him to come is LEAD Preview Day. LEAD College is in partnership with Oral Roberts University. <clears throat> so the academic piece that we do there is Oral Roberts. We do leadership development. We do spiritual formation. And ORU, uh, we partner with them on the academic pieces, piece so the kids get accredited degrees. About 15 years ago, God spoke to David Green literally to go help ORU. They were almost in the point of insolvency. They were, they were literally at the point of bankruptcy. And God spoke to him. They've given, they, God used that family to save Oral Roberts University. Hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. You can go online and read all about this. By the way, this week, Google David Green. This week, he did something really incredible, giving his business away. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand how that works, tax structure and all that. The point is, he understands the power. This guy's a billionaire. The power of, of understanding the power of why God prospered him. By the way, why not believe God to raise up David Greens in Church of the King? Why not? Hey, we're believing God. We believe in God in Sunday school for Billy Graham's to be raised up to be able to preach the gospel. Why not believe for supernatural godly entrepreneurs? And it's all levels, by the way. So wherever you are, believe God. Let me give you number six. Got two more. Pay tithes and give offerings. It's a biblical principle, putting God first. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. It's a place that you're fed spiritually. That there may be food in my house and try me. Everybody say, try me. I want everybody to listen to me. The only place in the Bible that God actually invites you to test him. Try me in this, said the Lord of hosts. I'll not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out such blessing that there'll not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask everybody a question. How many of y'all want God rebuking the devourer off of your finances? Raise your hand up. It's in the Bible. And by the way, we don't apologize for preaching on tithing at Church of the King. You wanna, just like I don't, preach, I don't apologize teaching a biblical marriage. Why? Because it's Bible. It'll set your life free. You become a tither in God one time of the year. This time of the year, I talk about putting God first. Everybody say, God first. What does it mean? Tithing is not the leftovers. The very first thing you get paid, the first 10% belongs to God. Why is that important? It's saying, God, you are my all in all. Tithing's not generosity. Tithing's about lordship, putting God first. <clears throat> he says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. I'll rebuke the devourer off of your life so that it will not destroy the fruit of your ground. There's, there's divine provision. There's divine protection on your life. And by the way, I believe every area of your life. You know, it's interesting. You always have somebody say, well, you know, I just can't afford to tithe. Then the other person that does tithe say, I'm so blessed because I tithe. I wonder if there's a correlation. Think about what I just said. I can't afford a tithe. Maybe it's because you don't tithe. The blessing is not where it needs to be in your life. Are you with me? And by the way, it's not just finances. It's every area of your life. We believe the blessing of God includes every. It's about putting God first. Everybody say first. I'm going to challenge you to put God first. Watch what God does in your life. It frees. By the way, by the way, this is so important. God doesn't have a problem with putting money in your hands. He has a problem with money gets into your heart. The tithe is the ancient biblical practice that keeps it out of your heart and it keeps it in your hand. It keeps, it a t it keeps money as a tool and not as a God. Why? Because you put him first and then God rebukes the devourer of your life. I thank God for my dad is in this service. My parents who've tithed for, I, I learned from them. I, I learned tithing from my parents, from a businessman named Will, and from my pastor that taught me how to tithe. And give over and above offerings to the poor. I started doing that as a young Christian. 
Fisher, I thank God that I saw the blessing. It's second nature to me. The blessing. Put God first. Put God first. And then, by the way, it doesn't matter where the economy is. There's a confidence in the heart of tithers. They don't freak out. Why? Because economy may come, economy may go. But our house is built upon the rock. Our house is built upon the rock. And I want to challenge business people. I want to challenge you, men and women, every campus. Step out and put God first. Put God first. Become a tither. I'm going to tell you, you stand upon a foundation. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. My word will never pass away. My word, that's what God's word says. We hear the word and we do the word. All right, let me give you the last and the final thing. Here it is. I love this last point. So powerful. Live a life of character, integrity, and great exploits. Your life and the decisions you make matter to God. He wants to bless you. We don't apologize for that at Church of the King. God wants to bless your life in every area. But he wants you to live a life of integrity and character. I've seen business people that, even people that are tithe and give offerings, and they think that tithing and giving offerings covers a multitude of business transgressions. I'm I'm saying something that's very important. It's important to have a good name in the community as a godly business person. It's important to have a good name. Not that you rip people off, but you honor God. And no, I know there's business. Yes, you need to make a profit. That's in the Bible. Have wisdom strategy. But you treat people right. You treat your customers right. You treat employers right, employees right. And you have a good name. That's a good thing to have a good name. It's a good thing. The Bible says a good name is above choice silver in the Bible. To have a good name. To have integrity. Proverbs chapter 20. verse. I know no one's perfect, but I'm going to tell you, we need to move towards maturity and being integritable in our business. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. What's the point? Daniel chapter 11. By the way, those that want to see David Green, I don't know how the opportunity is to be able to do that. I know he's speaking to our lead college kids. You can call about that, but it's, you're talking about integrity and godly and prosperous for the kingdom and humble, not arrogant. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 32 says, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I'll close with this. You have an assignment in the earth, every one of you. You have an assignment, yes, to know Christ, but you have a purpose on the earth. And part of your purpose on the earth, watch this, is to fulfill an assignment. And it takes resources. It takes God-given resources that don't destroy you. Do you have the character to handle it? But actually empower you to push the ball down the field. And I believe, I believe that God wants to raise up incredible women and men in our church that are godly entrepreneurs, that believe for God, that they, listen to me, they've got, they know the why behind the what. It's not just to have more and more and more and more. And God doesn't have a problem with blessing you, but I'm telling you, it's like, you got to understand the purpose of God's provision. It's to position you like a David Green, like these great men and women of God, to position, to be able to expand the kingdom of God, to be able to reach souls for Christ. Yes, so your family can bless. And yes, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. But at what point do you not understand the fact that God has blessed you to be a blessing in the earth? God has blessed you to prosper you for a purpose. 
And I'm believing God. I want you to know this. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. I'm believing God to raise up supernatural men and women preachers, to be able to raise up godly men and women in this church. But I am believing God. And, I, and I've, been doing this, I've been doing this for a while. And I'm seeing it. Young men, young women that have gotten saved here, and they're building their businesses for the glory of God. They're unashamed of the gospel. They're unashamed of putting God first as tithers. They're unashamed. They're, they're employees. No, maybe they can't preach to all their employees, but their employees know the God-fearing people. And they have a Bible study if you'd like to come to it. And they understand that, that there's this a company with Christian values. In I'm thinking of six or seven or ten right now in our church that I know about that have gotten saved in our church and you're building it on the rock. Oh yes. And waves will come. And winds will come, but you're built on the rock, and you're not going to fall. How many are grateful for the power of God's word? Come on, are y'all grateful for that? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Man, I'm so excited these next few weeks. I'm telling you, faith's going to come into your heart to believe God for big things. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now, and I'm going to turn it over to the campus pastors and all the prayer teams at all of our campuses. We're here to pray for If you do not know Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with God, we'd love to be able to talk to you about what it means to follow the Lord. Father, release faith in our hearts. God, that, we building, that we're building our lives, we're building our homes, we're building our families, we're building our businesses upon the rock. Lord, bless your people as they hear and as they obey your word. Wow, congratulations to those of you who made the decision to give your life to Jesus. This is the biggest decision you will ever make, and we are so excited for you. And hey, we know that this is just one step, but there are many more to take as you begin this journey of following Jesus. And we would love to partner with you and help you with getting you those resources that you need. Definitely, and if you are making that decision, I just wanna encourage you, you know, where you're at, wherever you are, you're not alone in this moment. We're there with you. And if you are making this decision, we just wanna encourage you to, to text the word decision to 822-822. And what we wanna do is we just wanna send you some resources that'll help you walk out this new life with Christ. Again, we wanna celebrate with you because it's a big deal. You're part of a new family. You're washed clean by the blood of Jesus. It really is a big deal. Well, well, next week, why don't you go ahead and, and like this message and share this message with whoever you think might need it and invite others as we continue on this series called Living on Full, where we move from surviving to thriving the way God's designed us. We love you guys. We'll see you here. Same time. Same place. Have a great week.